love if it was am i living it what? do i live in it yes. so astounding love is an ocean you can drown me the sweet embrace the lovely taste i taste and see i'm under grace the place to be it means i'll never need an umbrella i'm cool in the cold in the hot weather whether or never i ever understand i'm a man in the hands of great plans and stand with faith there in the life i never known to touch and still i saw my clutch but i'm like what's the dream Let's continue in the presence of God and thank you for the beautiful worship. Man, I didn't even want to get up and preach. I just wanted worship to continue. It was so, so powerful, so amazing. Isn't, isn't it so wonderful that Jesus can relate to our pain? That he's given us the Holy Spirit to comfort us. The, the life of a Christian is not all flowers and roses and a bed of roses and like an easy, breezy cruise. No, it's a journey's tough. And if any of us would say, no, I'm doing okay, no, it's, it's not true. Because all of us go through journeys and pain and difficulties, but we've been given the Holy Spirit. And by the grace of God, I'm here to share a word with you. Not in my own flesh or my own intellect or my own good ideas, but I want to welcome the Holy Spirit once again. And I want to invite you. We're not here to hear the voice of a man or some good information, but we want radical transformation. We want our hearts to be healed and comforted so that we can rise up into the people that God called us to be, no matter the situation we're going through. Simple prayer. If I may ask you, just open up your hands and say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come on. Don't worry about your neighbor. Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. We want to have a fresh encounter with you today, God. Thank you, God, for being with us throughout the worship. We ask, God, that you would speak to us. Yes, God. We welcome your presence. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Everything that happens in our lives goes through the finger of God. If it's happening to us or happened to us, God allowed it. And sometimes it's so difficult for us to accept things that we cannot understand. When things are going good, when you get that promotion, when you get that person you've been eyeing and secretly admiring, it's easy to say God is good. But when you go through unexpected, sudden difficulties, or when you go to the doctor and they give you a bad news again, you thought you were through that storm, through that pain, through that season, it's hard for us to accept when the journey is attached with pain. But the Bible says that God is good. That His intentions for us are good. He's a good Father. We sing about it. We worship. But in our pain, sometimes we want to just run away from God in our pain. Instead of running to God with our pain. We want to hide away. We want to turn to other coping mechanisms. We want to turn to other things. But the true comforter is waiting for us. He's waiting for us to welcome Him. For us to become better instead of bitter. And as a church family, we're not going to run away from God in our pain. But we're going to run to God with our pain. Amen? Our struggles... Our disappointment, our shock is not too much for God to handle. Because there's purpose in your life. There's purpose in that journey that you're going through. Yes, 
I don't have the answer. We cannot logically come through with some of the things that happens in our lives. But God is still good. We're kneeling down crying out to God, Lord, my heart is broken, but you're still good. God, there's this huge disappointment, but I know that you will turn what the enemy meant for evil. You will turn it around for good. He is good. And he doesn't lie. So you can trust him. And some of these answers we're not going to see until the other side of eternity. Some of the seeds that you're sowing, like what Michelle said, you share the love of Jesus, you, you share a kind word, you, you do something. It's a seed that's being planted. You might not see it being harvested until we meet one another in heaven. And I believe as we're drawing near to God, He promises to draw near to us. We're not just hoping and wishing on, on, on just something random, but we're on the Word of God we're standing. And He will strengthen our faith in Him. And He will strengthen our bond with one another. Right now we're seeing through a clouded window. A cloudy window is how we see things sometimes. Especially I am right now. But one day we're going to see Jesus face to face. And then we will know what these tears are for. Hallelujah. We are hurting, but not hopeless. Because our peace is not found in circumstances. Our, our happiness is not found in, in happenings. But in the pers person of Jesus Christ. Naturally, we want to retrieve when we go through pain. But God wants us to be restored. Not restored to our old self. But He wants us to be restored to His original design. His original plan for our lives. His original purpose. He wants us to be revived. There are parts of our lives, parts of our calling that's been dormant. God wants to revive it. Amen? Every single one of you have a calling. We want to retrieve. God wants to restore us so that we can be revived. To live with passion. To maximize every moment. Because Jesus is coming back. God gave me this title for this. I might preach longer than usual. Hey, I haven't preached in two weeks, so hope that's okay. I think my wife is showing me the watch. About four weeks ago when we finished our previous uh, series and we had the awesome honor of having Pastor Aaron share the word. It was phenomenal. Can we honor the man and woman of God and their team that is here and the church? Thank you, Vivid Church Toronto, for being here. People say, I'm, I'm there for you, bro. But when, when you need them, they're not there. But Vivid Church Toronto stood up and said, we're going to come alongside you. And we're going to be there and we're going to worship together. And they have helped us. And we are going on that journey of healing because our family, Vivid Church Toronto, is here. So I honor God. Come on. Next level church. Thank you, Jesus, for spirit-filled churches like Vivid Church. And we're so, we're so. So finish that series, Welcome Home series. And then Pastor M asked me, What's your next series? We need to get the images ready and all that. I'm like, I don't want to do any more series. I'm just going to do one-off messages. And I don't want to. And then I went and spent time with God. And God is like, next series is called Revive Me. This is about four weeks ago. I'm like, come on, Lord. I don't want to do. And Revive Me? I think that talks about revival. And God, come on. I'm not comfortable with that. But God said, that's what you have to speak. And then God started to download uh, uh, what he wanted me to share. Faith Walk is, can be a... A scary walk. We think that the purpose of revival is for the church. Sorry. Wicked, wicked, wicked. Remix. 
We think the purpose of revival is for the world to have an encounter, for the world to, to experience something. No, the purpose of revival is for you and I to have a radical encounter with Jesus. It's for you and I to get on fire with Jesus, to rise back up, to become strong, to take up the position that God wants us to take up. Because when the church becomes energized, when the church becomes awake, it will automatically function with the light. As the light, as the salt that we're called to be in this world. Revival is what revitalizes the church. Revival is what brings dormant church back alive. It propels us into action, into a momentum. Maybe you're living in revival already. But it's not enough for just for one or two or few churches to be in revival. God is calling all of us to revive, to be revived, to be awakened, to rise up, to impact the city, to impact our neighborhoods, to impact this nation, to start that revival movement all together. In Ephesians 5.14, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and Christ will shine on you. This, this verse has been heavy on our hearts. But this is what God gave me two weeks ago to preach here. And I'm going to go for it. The timely word is a painful word. It's a sensitive word. But it's a word that is also alerting us that it is time to wake up from our sleep. And then Christ will shine on us. A sleeping church is a stagnant church. A sleeping church is a church that's not progressing. It's a church that is not consistent with walking with Jesus. And many of us, we think that if we go to a conference or go to uh, some Christian event, then that's revival. That's not revival. Revival is walking consistently with Jesus every day. When we go through pain, we want to retrieve. But it's not the time to shrink back. It's not the time to fall back. It's not the time to, yes, I get it. I also got doubts. But it's not the time to focus on the doubt. But it's time for us to focus on the promise. Focus on our Savior. And we got to refuse to take the enemy, the, the devil's pacifier. Many of us, the enemy has put pacifiers in our mouth. And we are being pacified. And he's rocking us in, with a lullaby and putting us to sleep. And we're like, we come to church. We do our little cute things. And we go home and we're good. We got to refuse that, to, to allow anything that is putting us or the church to sleep, or the churches around our nation into a passive mode, we need to resist that. And today, I believe that those chains are breaking in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yeah, let's give a clap to Jesus. We need to awake. Busyness, distraction, sensuality, idol worship, anything that we give more focus to, anything that we value above God, that's idol worship. All of that needs to be replaced with divine passion for God's presence and, and, I, and I think about Jesus' disciples even he had somebody who betrayed him even he had people within his close circle that fell asleep he's like guys stay up and pray with me they got drowsy they were not alert they were not watchful they were not prayerful in that same way we make so many excuses you know life all these things that are going on or pain, and we stay in a state of slumber. But God is challenging us to awake, to stay out of that comfortable situation called passivity, 
Because when you awake, you're not just waking up from your sleep, you're rising up. And when you do that, the word promises that the light of Christ will shine on you. But you got to rise first. And maybe you've had some great experience with revival, maybe in the past, or maybe you've had some traumatic experience from, with revival. You know, laughing and screaming and falling and rolling, and you're like, I don't want anything to do with that. But all of those things are manifestation. And for many times, I'm like, God, give me the spirit of laughter. Please, I look so much fun. Like, Holy Spirit, come and give me laughter that I can't control. I love to laugh because I was sad. But all of those outwardly things, we might like it or hate it. But, or something, nothing might happen. But the truth is, revival is something that takes place in our hearts and transforms us. We're different after that encounter with Jesus. That encounter with the Holy Spirit, we're different. Bible says, when you awaken, when you rise up, then the light of Christ will shine on you. So don't wait around for some day, for some church, for some member to get on fire. It's your responsibility. There the scripture says, awake or sleeper. It doesn't say, hey, a bunch of people in the serving team at church. Or oh, you people in the prayer team. You know, the prayer team is the slimmest team in the church. You know, how many times we would have Zoom call for prayer and there's like just three of us. But then people in the church are like, we want revival. Then why don't you show up and pray with us? Don't wait around for somebody else to catch revival. Not someday, not in some church, but right here, right now. Why not? You can be that revivalist. You can be the person that God uses to shift your family around into a passionate love for Jesus, into revival in your family. Why do you have to wait for the older ones or the younger ones? Why not you? Why do you have to wait around for somebody else in the church or in your community or at your school, at your work to do something? Why not you? Why not now? We are called to be watchful, alert, passionate about Jesus. It is our responsibility to awake and not let pain, disappointment, or fear stop us. When we have a lifestyle like that, that means we're in sync with the heart of God. And we will see the light of God shine upon us. When you shine Something in a dark room, there's attraction, there's attention being drawn. In that same way, Jesus will shine on you and through you and people will be drawn to know you. And people will start asking you for solutions and answers and, and you're going to be an influencer. The world will be attracted to you when you're walking with revival fire. Amen? So we got to break out of familiarity. We know how to do church. We know how to do daily devotion. Many of us are so bored of doing certain things. It's time to break out of familiarity and, and traditions. Maybe it worked for a season, but it's time God is calling us to do new things. Break out of living passive as Christian. How, how much are we willing to humble ourselves? Are we really available for God? Are we willing? And as I was studying for this series, God put on my heart to research about the Welsh revival with Evan Roberts. And interestingly, this week is the anniversary of the Welsh Revival. I was blown away. Because of this Welsh Revival, over 30 revivals worldwide sparked. And it happened in 1904 through this young man called Evan Roberts. He prayed for 13 years for revival. Man, we pray for three days for revival. We went to retreat and we prayed for revival and 
Sunday night we're good and Monday we're like, where's my Bible? I said, on Sunday, I want revival. But on Monday, I can't even find my Bible. Hillsong, 90s Hillsong. But he prayed for 13 years. Can you imagine? Day after day, week, month, years after, decade plus, God sent revival. God's, his prayer was, God bend me. God bend me. God humble me. Not my will, but yours. God bend me. He prayed. He cried out. And then he started having radical encounters with Jesus in the night for, for three months straight. And God will, the Spirit of God would start to transform him. This Evan Roberts, now he's 25 years old, who was weak and moody, now was bold. Even his posture changed. Even, even the way he carried and talked, he was full of joy because he had an encounter with Jesus. Hallelujah. His prayer was, bend me. Mold me, shape me according to your will. Not my desires anymore. Many, many of us are led just by our desires. We know we should step into a healthy lifestyle, but we're like, oh, but I want fried chicken. Deep fried, not baked. He was praying, God, take over my desires. So this gloomy guy turned into a fiery guy for Christ. So after this encounter he had for three months, he was studying in a college. So he left the college, went back home to his home pastor. Man, I can relate to the home pastor. Some, some member went and, oh, I got the fire. Pastor, can I come preach at your church? Pastor's like, yeah, you can. After the main service, the site building there, you can have your little meeting. That's what happened. So at that meeting, Evan Roberts took it. He said, fine, I'll do it. 16 youths and a girl showed up. Why don't they just say 17 people? They just 16. So 16 guys and a girl showed up. And he preached. He preached his heart out. He preached about the power of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit can do in and through you. He preached. And after he preached, the fire of God broke out. Revival broke out. And so today, I want us to study the four conditions that he preached, the four conditions for revival. The power of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit that's available to and for every Christian. If you and I fulfill these four conditions. Are you ready? Maybe my time is out, but it's okay. We're talking about revival. Revival meetings go pretty long, right? So I hope you packed your lunch, but you can't eat here. Okay, you have to be out. Just kidding. I'm, I'm trying. Four conditions for revival. Number one, and I love it because we've been doing this this past week. Number one, confess all known sins to God. Repent. First step for revival. Confess all known sins to God. We're not going to see revival. We're not going to see breakthrough happening if we are not repenting. We're not going to see repentance outside of the church if we're not seeing repentance inside of the church. If we're not seeing in repentance in our personal lives, it's not going to carry through in our families and in our spheres influences. Maybe you lost your love for God. Or maybe you're angry at God. Maybe you lost that passion for the things of God. We got to repent and humble ourselves. Let that be our primary strategy. We want to know solutions and keys to church growth and this and that. But repentance. Let that be our primary strategy. Because God cannot move if we don't get this right. We need to come to God with a broken and humble heart. 
a heart that's passionate about him. A love that, uh, uh, we, we got to become like David. And we got to love the things that God loves and hate the things that he hates. I'd rather be a sinner in the hands of Jesus than to be a saint in the hands of the devil. When you sin, what do you do? Do you run away? Do you hide? You feel so ashamed and you're guilty. You feel all of that and you're like, I can't. Or do you run to him in your sin? Do you run to him in your pain? Don't delay. Run to Jesus. Don't hide, but repent. Number two, second condition for revival. Put away all doubtful habits and forgive everyone. Put away all doubtful habits and forgive everyone. We understand the forgiving part. We've talked about it a lot in church. But put away all doubtful habits. What does that mean? You know the gray areas? You know the things that you want to get technical about? And many couples will come and be like, so uh, pastor, uh, how far is too far? Like, can you, can you like, like is... Or sometimes they'd be like, can we watch this show? Or like, I don't... Some Christians are for the show. Some Christians are not for the show. Gray areas. Winter is coming. Hint. Some... Oh, you don't know about that? Okay. We watch that outside the church. Not. If in doubt, leave it out. You're like, I'm not sure if this is the will of God. I'm not sure if this is the relationship for me. I'm not sure if this is what God... Hey, put away all doubtful habits. I'm not sure if this... You know what? I'd rather suffer extra for trying to be overly cautious than to dabble into things that may hurt the heart of God. And forgive everyone. That's the second part. Point number three, condition for revival. Obey the Holy Spirit promptly. Partial obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. God spoke to you 10 years ago to do something. You're like, okay, I think I'm ready to do it now. God is like, you disobeyed me. I still love you, but you missed, you missed that window, that anointing, that unction. At that time, you missed it because you're trying to be so cute. Now you missed it. When the Spirit of God brings revival, He sets our hearts on fire. We have completely laid down to Him. We have surrendered to Him. And we burn with the passion of God. God, use me. God, make me the man. Make me the woman that you call me to be. And the Holy Spirit fire is, is your passion. You're willing to let go of everything. And you're always ready to obey His whispers without delay. Hallelujah. We got a daily cry to God and say, Lord, I want a radical encounter. I want a revival of an encounter with Jesus. Not just goosebumps and feel good and have a tear or two and then go back to my old life. No. I want, I want a real transformation in my heart. I want to experience you in a new way. The objective of revival is God restoring us to that deep place of intimacy and closeness with Him. Just like in the garden where Adam walked with God. There was no separation. There was no sin. There was no division. Just him and God. God wants us to restore us to that place. That's revival. And I get it. This generation is going through so much distraction than any other generations. It's fast. It's, it's bombarding. No other generation has faced so many distractions, so many sneaky lies of the enemy or exposed to so much sens sensuality like in our generation. 
No other generation has had such easy access. You watch watching a, a worship video and then all of a sudden something random comes up like it's everywhere. But in the midst of that, I believe God is raising up revivalists. He's raising up revivalists like you and I. And because when you and I rise up, he's going to also make that fire expand into our families. And our children are going to catch that revival fire because they see it in us. And then the grandchildren are going to serve God because they saw the revival fire being passed down. We got to become still in the presence of God. When you become still in the presence of God, when you tune down all of the distractions, all of that noise, all of that entertainment. And I'm not trying to be judgy or I'm not trying to be, you know, uh, uh, legalistic or anything like that. I'm just saying, be still in the presence of God. You'll begin to see things. He'll begin to speak to you. God's not going to scream at you. He's the whispering God because that's how close He is to you. You'll start to sense God's leading. You'll start to sense God pointing where you need to go. What's that next right step for you to do? We want the big picture and everything planned out and we want to see the blueprint before we will obey. God is saying, no son, no daughter. Next right step is what you're responsible for. And I'm going to show it to you and you got to take it. As you silence yourself, as you become still in the presence of God, there will be divine appointments, wisdom being released, prophecies and words of knowledge. But we got to cut out the distraction. How do we become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Silence yourself. Holy Spirit plus the Word of God is what revives our souls. Sometimes we can be too liberal and be like, oh, just the Holy Spirit is going to teach me and show me everything. But you need the Word of God. Holy Spirit plus the Word of God is what revives our soul is what keeps us from going in the wrong direction or being misled or going through towards good opinions. The Spirit of God will take the Word of God and revive our soul and you begin to hear Him better. You don't have to go to the pastor and be like, Pastor, find out. I'm like, I'm not psychic. Silence yourself in, in the presence of God. And that's why God told Ezekiel to do radical things. He was willing to hear and obey. Even though it was unusual things God was asking him to do. So the prompt response to the Holy Spirit allows us to work in sync with God. Holy Spirit is always speaking. But we're not always picking it up. We pick it up one time we're like, hey, you know what? That time 12 years ago when the Holy Spirit is speaking today, right now. For that thing that's on your mind, that's pulling you down, that you're stressed out about. Holy Spirit is speaking. We got to calm ourselves down, silence ourselves, and wait on Him. We got to discipline ourselves to, to be sensitive to His leading. And the reason why we don't hear the Holy Spirit is because we've already filled up those steps in our own intellect. We need to sit in the presence of God silently. And that's why old time prophets, they went up to mountains. Even Jesus went up to the mountain. My final point, fourth point. Condition for revival. Publicly confess the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't be an undercover Christian. Man, if somebody's surprised that you're Christian after knowing you for a while, you got a problem. Be sensitive. Use wisdom. Love your neighbor. Serve them. Point them to Jesus. That's the most loving thing you can do.
Be passionate about reaching the lost. Be passionate about families being restored. Be passionate about praying for healings. Even when God doesn't show up the way you expect Him to. We're not going to stop believing. We're still going to pray for miracles. I got bad news on, on Friday. I got bad news. I thought there was a personal storm. We were going as a family that it was done. But Friday I got bad news. Guess what? Yes, I'm heartbroken about other things that, that happened close to us. I'm still going to believe for healing. I'm still going to pray for a miracle. I'm still going to seek my healer. I say, God, you did it before. You will do it again. And even if you don't, I will not back down. I will not shrink back. I will not move back. Because you are my healer and what you have called me to do, what you call my family to do, what our church to do, we will go forth. You will save us from this fire. But even if you don't, we will not back up. We will not turn around. We will not start getting all negative. Because that's what the enemy wants you to do. When you don't get your prayer answered, the enemy is like, see, what did that result in? You spent so many years and, and time in church. Look, other people that don't go to church, they're doing better than you. The enemy will lie to you. Because the enemy knows what a powerful calling God has in your life. Come on, church. This is the time for us to wake up and say, you know what? I don't get it all, but I want him. I want him in my life. I want him to move me into my purpose. I want to keep going. I don't want to live in the past. I don't want to live in my tears. My tears are strengthening me to keep pressing forward. Whether you come with me or not, I'm going with him. He wrote the story. Just because this chapter is difficult, don't throw away the story God wrote about you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. And things that we cannot comprehend, okay, let it go. He is mysterious God. Trust Him. If we could comprehend Him, He would not be Almighty God. Because His intellect is beyond. We are limited by time and space. We got to humble ourselves. Today, God, bend us. Bend us, God, from our stubbornness. Bend us from the negativity that we allowed, from the pain. Bend us, Holy Spirit. Do a revival work in us, God. Because only you can transform us. Our families can be impacted. If you have an encounter with me, our church can be, have an encounter with Jesus. If we would silence ourselves before God. God is stirring up our hearts today. It's time to rise up as revivalists. Walking confidently with our God. Turning the city around for the glory of Jesus. God is calling us to fall in love with Him. To come back to the heart of worship. Man, worship team didn't know that. But when I was preparing this message three weeks ago, I was crying to that song. Because we've busied ourselves and we want this and that. But God is like, no. Strip everything away. And just come at my feet. First love. And so, let's pray together. And I want to ask you four questions. And then I'm going to give you an invitation to welcome Jesus into your heart. Question number one, I want you to ask yourself. Or you ask God quietly, and if you have a notebook or your phone, you can just write it down. But make sure the phone doesn't distract you when you're writing it down. Number one, Lord, show me the unrepented sins in my life right now. Just you and God, quietly, eyes closed. Number one, Lord, show me the unrepented sins in my life. Let's take a moment.
Number two, God, what do I need to prune in my life? God, what do I need to prune? What do I need to cut off in my life? Ask him. Third question. Lord, when do you want me to spend time with you? When do you want me to spend time with you? And the last one is, Lord, sharpen my spiritual hearing. Sharpen my spiritual hearing. Revive us, Lord. Revive us. Let's put our hand on our heart. Lord, revive us. Lord, bend us. This is our hard cry, God. We don't want to live as average Christians. We want to be revived. We want to be all that you dreamt of, all that you desire. Revive us, God. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Make us more like Jesus. Help us to walk in this revival of love. Thank you, Jesus. worship team you can come up let's all stand together and I want to invite you if you've never made Jesus the personal savior of your life if you never welcome Christ into your heart all eyes closed I want to give you an invitation and yes life does hurt and it's not just the old people that are dying it's not just what we thought would be. We just don't know when our number is going to be called. And I don't want to scare you into salvation, but I want to tell you the reality of life. There is no guarantee in this life. The only sure assurance that you have is in Christ alone. That if you would trust Him, that if you would give Him permission and give Him your soul, your heart, that whatever happens on this you will be with him while you're alive on this earth he will use you for an amazing purpose that you were designed for and when your time is done here you will be joined with him face to face if you don't have that assurance I'm gonna to count to three and I want you to put your hand up all eyes closed because I want to pray for you and I want to know who I'm praying for one, Jesus died for your sins. He paid for your sin penalty. He lived the life that you couldn't live. He died the death that you should have di died. He paid the penalty once and for all. Number two, He loves you unconditionally. Today is the day of salvation. Romans 12, 2, it says that if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. Today is that day. Three, now's the time. Shoot your hand up right now. If that's you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. And at Next Level Church, nobody prays alone. So church family, Next Level family and Vivid family, we're all one family. We're going to pray together. So repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I welcome you into my heart. I believe you are God. That you died for my sins. Wash me by your precious blood. I am yours. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. 
I will never be the same again. Revive me, Lord. Use me for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Can we give God some praise? Hallelujah. And as we transition, we're going to worship in just a minute. But I want to also welcome Pastor Aaron to do the next part of the service. Hallelujah. Can we give Jesus a big clap?